Welcome to the table of the Lord. Uh, we, we celebrate at this table every week in our tradition, and, and we tend to call this time uh, communion or the Lord's Supper. There's another name for this meal that uh, the church has used throughout the centuries, uh, and it's the Eucharist. Now, that's not a, a term we tend to throw around a lot. It, it comes from a Greek word, uh, and, you know, we tend to use English words when we're talking about what we're doing or what we're celebrating. Uh, but this, this idea of Eucharist is the Greek phrase for giving thanks, and it actually comes directly from Scripture. Uh, if you kind of go back in your minds, if you've heard someone talk before uh, from 1 Corinthians 11, where Paul's talking about the tradition that, that he's handing on, uh, it's a tradition that he received about this, this meal that we celebrate, and he says that, that Jesus, after giving thanks, broke it and said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. He does the same thing uh, with the cup. But this idea of giving thanks, that phrase in, in the, the Greek language that Paul was writing in, that's, that's Eucharist. And so Christians throughout the, the ages have called this meal the Thanksgiving meal. Right? That, that this is the time when we come together as God's people and we, we celebrate by giving thanks. Now it just so happens that at this, this time of the year, we're closing in on that special family holiday that we call Thanksgiving. And if, if your family's anything like the family I grew up in, one of the things that we, we do uh, if, if we're together, is we at least have some conversation. Sometimes it actually takes place around the table where we, we go around and we share things that we're thankful for. And, and a lot of times, right, those, those aren't really things. They're people who you're thankful for. Gifts that God has poured into your life that, that you want to name. Gifts that, that you want to to, to claim as something that you believe is only in your life because of the goodness and the generosity of God. And there have been years, I'll confess, especially when I was growing up, uh, when we got to that, that part of, of celebrating Thanksgiving where it was, it was less of something I was looking forward to and it was more of kind of this eye roll where I had to try to think about something that, that you know, you're walking a, a fine line of you've got to say something that's believable and good enough to please your parents. When, when you get, it gets to your, your turn at the table, you've got to say, well, I'm thankful for. You can't say, you know, I'm thankful that my sister has had a hard year at school. That wasn't going to work. So you have to come up with something. I'm, I'm truly thankful for this experience that I had this year, right, that, that I got to go with with my dad, and we, we, we went to Alcatraz, we spent the day in San Francisco, we went out to the Muir Woods, we, we had this memory that we made together. I'm thankful for that, right? So we would be scrambling, and you, you know this assignment's coming all year long, and you tell yourself on one Thanksgiving that I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to already decide ahead of time, I'm going to be ready to go, and yet I always found myself 15 minutes before the meal scrambling to come up with what I was going to say that year. Well, I know that, that not every family does that, but, but there's something in the spirit of coming together, gathering around a table, and taking time to specifically, in your heart, in your mind, in your soul, name what you're most thankful for. That that 
that practice is deeply connected to the church's understanding of what the Lord's Supper or communion is all about. Is that we, we come to this place, we, we've all had different weeks, I know, we've all gone through different experiences since the last time we celebrated this meal together. Uh, you, you may be in this room this morning with all kinds of struggles or burdens. You may be here feeling incredibly blessed. But regardless of how the last seven days have gone, all of us have something that we know we should be thankful for. And I want to give you just a moment. I want you in your mind, in your heart, in your soul, name this morning, in spite of everything, or maybe because of everything, what is it that you're most thankful for? Well, because you're in this building and it's church, you probably think the right answer has to be Jesus. Right? And, and the early church would say, well, the truth is, whatever it is you're most thankful for, whether you actually thought Jesus in your mind just now or not, all the things you're most thankful for are connected in one way or another to Jesus. The only reason you have that goodness and grace in your life is because of Christ. And, and they wanted they wanted to have a time where they were able to connect all the good things that they knew were in their lives, that, that in their, their busyness and in their struggles, that sometimes they forgot just how much they had to be thankful for, that no matter what it was, it was because of Jesus. And Jesus, as we all know, in that first celebration of the Lord's Supper, he doesn't just give thanks. He gives himself he gives himself away for the sake of those he loves. He, he gives himself away for us. And so not only are we, are we to emulate him, follow in his footsteps, in the way that he gives thanks at this meal, we, we wrestle with this reality that we're trying to follow in his footsteps to the degree that, that if, he, if he models for us that, that what we're supposed to be doing is spending our lives by giving our lives away. And that's the kind of people we want to ask him to help us be. That's what this meal is all about. And there's times we remember that, there's times that it's hard for us to grasp it, but I, I want us to enter into this moment hearts filled with, with thankfulness, with gratitude, because I have found in my life that Gratitude and generosity, they come together. That in order for me to want to, to be giving with everything I have, with everything I am, I, I have to, to find a way to be motivated, not out of, of fear or from fear or are not motivated from, from trying to get something else that, that might be even better than what I already have, but that that if it's going to be sustainable, if it's going to be something that I can continue to lean into, to live into, it's got to come from a place of that thanksgiving and gratitude for all that I already have. Because I know that the God who has taken care of me, who, who has provided for me, will continue to take care of me and watch over me and provide for me in all the days of my life. Paul doesn't just talk about what's going on when we gather together in 1 Corinthians, he continues that conversation in 2 Corinthians. We're going to read together now in 2 Corinthians 9, starting in verse 10. 
And he's talking about all the ways that, that Christ continues to pour blessings into our lives. He says, The one who supplies seed for planting and bread for eating will supply and multiply your seed and will increase your crop, which is righteousness. Right? And, and that term righteousness throughout Scripture refers not just to, to purity or personal holiness. It, it's referring to, to everyone and everything being made right. right? And so the, the, the crop of, of lives that are lived well, the, the, the result of lives that are lived in the footsteps of Jesus is a world that's being made right more and more every single day. And he says, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous in every way. Such generosity produces thanksgiving to God through us. See, he's, he's right back to gratitude. He's right back to this idea of Eucharist. But he's talking about something that I want us to catch because he, he seems to believe that both gratitude and generosity, they can go viral. Right, That there's this process, there's this domino effect where when I start to live a life of gratitude and generosity and I'm able to share out of my trust in this generous God who I believe has taken care of me and will continue to take care of me, suddenly I'm free to impact somebody else's life in a way that produces gratitude in them and then generosity in them. And it goes from them to the next person and the next person and the next person. It, it goes viral. He says, your ministry of this service to God's people isn't only fully meeting their needs, but it's multiplying in many expressions of thanksgiving to God. They will give honor to God for your obedience to your confession of Christ's gospel. And they will do this because this service provides evidence of your obedience. And because of your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone... They will also pray for you, and they will care deeply for you because of the outstanding grace that God has given to you. Thank God for his gift that words can't describe. So Paul's vision here is to help them understand not only this, this powerful effect that they can have on other people, one person at a time, but he starts to have this, this broader horizon where he says that he doesn't just want them to share with, with people they know or people who they're close to. He wants them to learn how to share with everyone. Right? That, that that's who we're supposed to be as God's people. We're the folks who choose to share with everyone in every way. Because that's the way God has shared with us. It's the way we believe God is going to continue to share with us. Now, sharing doesn't come easy. I'm convinced it's something that, that we have to learn how to do because from the earliest of ages, we're afraid that when somebody gives us something great that we, we really are looking forward to enjoying, like let's say a cookie or a candy bar when you're a child, you're given that and you have siblings or you have other people around and the, the adult who gives you that, that cookie or that candy bar says, okay, now I want you to share, you suddenly look at that Snickers like it's the last good thing you're ever going to eat. You know, and you try to break it in half, but you accidentally on purpose break it where it's like, you know, you've got three-fourths of it and your sister's going to get a quarter. And you say, it just broke that way, Dad. It just broke that way. I didn't, I, 
we struggle with that our whole lives long. This idea that, that suddenly the God who has, has been sharing with us every moment of our lives is suddenly going to say, no, that's it, I'm done, no more. When in fact what he's doing in sharing with us is he's trying to teach us how to share with freedom and in trust that there are far better things in our future than we have ever received this far. And so he says, I want you to be people who are known for sharing with everyone. When I think about somebody who, who lived this in front of me, I think of a, a woman who attended a church where my dad was preaching when I was growing up. Her name is, is Joanne Ware. And a single woman. She never married. Uh, she worked hard all of her life, uh, and she, she lived a very modest life financially because she wanted to be able to give as much as she possibly could to the things that mattered most. And I remember one particular Thanksgiving, my, my parents invited Joanne to join us. She didn't really have any, any family in the area, and so my my parents wanted her to, to be with us on Thanksgiving, and she accepted the invitation, and, and we went around the table, and we shared what we were most thankful for. And, and I was a, a pretty young kid. I, I kind of had this idea that, that everybody, you know, was, was supposed to kind of grow up and fall in love and get married and have a bunch of kids, and that was the only future I could imagine for people that, that would be a good future, and, and yet... Joanne, when she got ready to talk about what she was thankful for, once she got going, she just didn't stop. There were all kinds of things in her life that she knew, good things, wonderful things, that were only in her life because Jesus was in her life. She talked about friends at work. She talked about friends who were like family from church. She talked about all of the opportunities that she'd had to serve that year. She talked about all of the opportunities she'd had to give that year. And she said, you know, I guess what I'm most thankful for is that God has blessed me so that I can give to what he cares about. God has blessed me so that I can give to what he cares about. You know, I've, I've often thought about that Thanksgiving, and I've thought about Joanne Ware, and, and that was far from the only moment I watched her not just talk like that, but live that way. Every time a missionary would come to our church and tell stories about what had happened, Joanne would, would be the first person waiting in line to speak to them, and there wasn't a time that I ever saw her interact with them where before it was over, she wasn't pulling out her checkbook. Because she wanted to give to the things that God cared about. And she believed that she had what she had in order to be able to give that way. And this morning, as we gather together as, as God's people, as God's family, as we're about to partake in the bread that represents the life, the body that he gives for us, not just once, but over and over again, the body that we get to now be a part of, as we take uh, together, as, as we partake together in the, the, the fruit of the vine that represents the lifeblood of Jesus, again, not given just once for us, but given over and over and over for us, covering us, washing us of our sin and our struggles, we find that, that we've been caught up in the story that calls for something. 
that calls out to something deep inside of us that says that the, that the people who change this world the most, the people who make all of the things that are wrong right again, they're the people who give, who give their lives for the sake of others. When we give to God's mission, we're investing in God's passion. Right? Well, when we give to God's mission, we're giving to what God cares about most. And if we're gonna if we're gonna take some of that bread, and if we're if we're gonna take some of that fruit of the vine, we better make sure that we understand what we're saying is we want to be a part of this. The giving and the receiving, the, the gratitude and the generosity, it all comes together. It's who we are. It's not just, it's not just something we're, we're witnessing. It's not just something we're talking about, but it's, it's who we are. It's who we want to be. I want to take just a few moments before we have that family meal to, to listen to a few voices of people who have been most recently giving their lives as a part of, of investing in God's mission and God's passion. I'm going to invite Bobby Lawson, if you would, to join me on stage. Bobby, if, if you don't know him, is the chair of our IMT, our international missions team. Uh, and he often uh, spends time uh, going over to sub-Saharan Africa, this time Ghana. Yes. Uh, and how many times have you been over there? 73 times. 73 times. Uh, Bobby has been over there. Uh, and, and you're just over there for how many days? Uh, I was there uh, about 12 days. 12 days. Mm-hmm. Tell us some stories from those 12 days, because you sent us some stories back while you were over there that were just amazing, and really, I'd like for all of us really to Really some to encouraging things happened. Uh, as you guys know, uh, from 2010 to 2016, on Let's Go trips, we had uh, Southern Hills members that went over there and planted churches, planted congregations in Ghana. And the IMT, a couple of years ago, decided that we would try to support 12 of those churches uh, financially in some way so that they could grow, and uh, uh, also uh, pastorally so that we could encourage them. So one of the things I went to do was to go visit these 12 churches, and I got to 11 of them. One of them, it had rained a lot, and the dirt roads were too bad, couldn't get there, so... Uh, but I got some reports from them. These churches are all doing very well. Uh, they're growing uh, through the generosity of Southern Hills. Seven of them have buildings. They all have uh, paid preachers that are paid for by uh, the generosity of this congregation. And they range in size from 40 up to 200. Uh, these, these churches are all are growing. They're, they're uh, evangelistic. They go out and they tell other people about Jesus. So one of the things that I got the pleasure of doing was going and visiting these churches, meeting with their members, uh, meeting with the preachers, uh, praying with them, studying with them, evangelizing their villages. And uh, so in the up and down of doing that, we had 29 people baptized, uh, and the gospel was spread in that way. So that's always an encouraging thing, to see new people born into Christ. And one, one story I wanted to share with you guys that I thought was incredible, and this actually wasn't one of the 12 villages that we support, uh, probably from a lack of faith of my faith. Uh, back in 2012, uh, on one of the trips we went over there, Gail and I and Foy Owens went to a village called Oshiman. 
And uh, Oshimon is like a lot of those places. It's a little small farming village, and, and the people there are animists. They worship their ancestors. And so we, we planted a church there, and, and it was, as the Ghanaians would say, the ground was hard. Uh, we, we only uh, were able to convert five people uh, the week we were there, and they were all women. And, uh, but they were, they were very faithful. And, and uh, so the first Sunday that uh, this little fledgling church met, these five women met. Uh, there, there was no men there. There was no, no converts that were men in this place. And we had, our group had moved on to another place. So we got word that they still worshiped. They took the Lord's Supper. And one of the women that was there was a lady named Evelyn. Evelyn Opong was her name. And so uh, Evelyn kind of took charge of this small little church and uh, kind of kept them together. But over the next few months, uh, four of the five women other than Evelyn, moved on from Oshimon for various and different reasons. Um, so that left only her. But she wasn't deterred. Uh, she evangelized her husband, who was uh, baptized. They went out then and started telling other people in their village uh, about uh, the Lord, and some of them were converted. And uh, So over a period of months, they started meeting in a school building there. And uh, uh, the Ghanaian government used to allow that a lot, but now they've kind of cut down on people being allowed to worship in school buildings um, for, for different reasons. But that didn't deter them. They got together, this little fledgling church, and in tw- by 2015, they had saved up enough money to buy a little piece of land and to start building a building on it. And, uh, you know, in, in kind of typical African style, obviously you don't go down to the bank and take out a loan for a building. You kind of collect a little money, you get some cement blocks, and you put some things up till the money runs out, and then you collect a little more money over a few months, and you build till that runs out, and so on. So over the course of three years, this building got built, and in 2018, they started worshiping in it. They also had enough money that on their own, they hired a, a preacher. Uh, this guy's a, a, a Bible school graduate from Ghana Bible College in Ghana, and so in 2018, he started preaching there. And so the first Sunday that I was in Ghana this last time, uh, went to Oshiman to worship. I preached there, and to my amazement, we had, there was over 100 people there in this church because of the faith of this one woman. Uh, and we baptized a young man that day, and it was really encouraging to me as we're taking this young boys to confession to look out in the, in the audience, and there's faithful Evelyn sitting there grinning and happy, and it just reminded me that the Holy Spirit moves through all of us uh, to, to do his will and to do his work. And so by the faithfulness of this one woman, this church has grown and now has over uh, 100 members. The reason that that wasn't one of the 12 that we supported was my lack of faith. I, when I saw these uh, five converts, I said, well, that's never going to last. But God had other ideas, and that church grew. And, and so now they, they, have a, they have a building, they have a, a vibrant church there, and, and the church is growing. So that story of faithfulness was, was very encouraging to me that I, that I got to see there. Some other things that, uh, that I saw on, on uh, this trip that were very encouraging to me was there was another guy that uh, many of you guys may remember, Sam Tomasi. Sam is the president of Heritage Christian College, which is also one of our mission partners that, that we support with, uh, with Let's Go Funds. And uh, Sam is now an elder in the church in, in Ghana and, and uh, the president of this university. Well, while he was overseas a couple of years ago finishing his doctorate, his, his bus driver didn't have much to do. 
So he went to a village close by called Sonritra, and in his spare time, he planted a church there. So uh, we went to Sonitra, the church, uh, on, on another Sunday that I was there, and there were over 50 people there that had been there and that he had evangelized and baptized just by his faithfulness and going. He said, you know, I didn't have anything to do, so I figured I'd just go tell people about Jesus. And the, the receptivity and, and uh, the love that the people over there have for the Lord is, is just Sorry. amazing. Sorry. So. Okay. I, no, I, I really I just coughed. I wasn't. Okay. I wasn't. I don't know if that, that was a signal that I needed to stop. Or... <laughs> I've been fighting it for two minutes. So okay, sorry. no problem. Sorry. <laughs> Turn my mic off for a second. So, anyway, while Jared's coughing, we'll we'll uh, we'll continue. And it, every time I go to Africa, um, the the God stories I see and hear uh, always just really grow my faith, and I feel like. I learn more and grow more than, than I give to them. Um, and if we do have another couple of minutes, I want to share one story with you uh, that happened not on this trip, but actually one of my favorite God stories in all my 73 visits to West Africa. Uh, this was in 2014 um, in a, a, a city called Chibok in, in northern Nigeria. Um, it's in Borno State. Borno State is a, a state that's highly Islamic. They're run by Sharia law. Um, the government doesn't have a say there. It's all Islamically run. And uh, maybe you get, some of you guys, this isn't really the story, but just as an anecdote, one of the things you may have heard, there was 275 girls that were in a Christian academy in Chibok that were all kidnapped by the Islamic radical group Boko Haram. And 112 of them are still missing to this day, five years later. Some of them have escaped. And that's a tragic story in and of itself. But in this, in this highly Muslim place, I had gone there two years in a row, and there was a, a husband and wife that were Muslim that we evangelized over and over and over. It took a long time, but they finally committed and decided that they wanted to become Christians. Well, the village chief uh, kind of got wind of that, and he wasn't, he wasn't too keen on that idea. He was a Muslim and said, there's going to be big problems if these people are baptized here. I'm just telling you. That, that cannot happen, I'll, you know, there'll, there'll be repercussions of that. So we went back to the couple and, and told them, uh, would, do you still want to commit and do this? And they said yes. So we, we had it all arranged that uh, the morning that they were going to be baptized, we were going to do it about dawn. We had a van standing by uh, as soon as they were baptized to take them out of that village because their lives had been threatened uh, if, uh, if they were they were baptized there and of course the only place to baptize them there was a creek right, that ran right through the middle of town so we took their confession we walked down to the riverbank to baptize them and about 10 minutes before they were to be baptized a dense fog fell over the creek where they would be baptized you couldn't see from me to Jared they were baptized in total obscurity and darkness uh, and the Lord blessed them for their commitment I'm sure of that uh, and then they, they left, and there, no harm came to them. And they're still faithful Christians to this day. So you see that God honors faithfulness and commitment um, in the lives of Evelyn, the lives of this Muslim couple, and the lives of, of a bus driver over there who didn't have anything to do and went and planted a church. And so uh, it, it's, it's a huge encouragement to me every time we go. And that could never happen except for the generosity of this church and the giving they do. Thank you. Thank you well, very much. Can you thank Bobby for me? Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. It's this idea, right, that Paul's talking about, that these stories are possible through your generosity. 
in, in so many different ways that we don't fully understand. Um, that when we find ways to be sacrificial with our lives, whether it's taking time to go and be present, whether it's uh, being able to, to save some money together as a family to give towards what's happening, you're a part of this. You're not just hearing stories about this. This is a part of what God is doing, as Paul says, through you and through this service that you provide, this, this grace that you give. Uh, we didn't know that Serge was going to be here today, but I would call that providential timing. And so, Serge, if you'll join me on stage for just a moment, I, I want to give you a, a chance to, to share some of what God is doing. You can hop straight up if you want. I think you're probably, yes, okay. <laughs> you, you definitely, the more, I don't know if you know that you're the most athletic person on this stage. So, <laughs> I don't know about that. Okay, so, man, it's good to see you. So, speak to us. Good morning, church. Uh, It's always a privilege and honor to be here. Uh, I kind of feel like this is, uh, I don't know if I can call it a home church or a supporting church or a father church. It's it's a little bit of everything. And um, so... um, God have been so faithful to us um, this last year of 2019. I'm saying 2019 because we are kind of like at the end of it. We've been uh, uh, doing a lot of things, um, a lot of things we didn't know that would happen. But because of uh, uh, God's grace, um, God who worked through this church and uh, sent me and SP in Rwanda, uh, they happened. We we have um, a little bit, um, little kids uh, we, we've been taking care of uh, for a long time. And just this past uh, uh, June, we were able to start uh, Rwanda Children Christian School. And um, in that school, what is so amazing is that some of the kids we've been raising right now, uh, when they were two years, uh, are being converted to Christianity right now. And uh, some of these kids are quoting Bible and scriptures more than I could. And that's something that just uh, keeps me going. Um, and um, to be short, um, I just want to tell you thanks, uh, Southern Hills, for uh, supporting me and my family to be in Rwanda. Because for the last four years uh, we've been in Rwanda, I look back and I see how many kids who've gained their hope, uh, kids who accepted Jesus in their lives and their families, there are so uh, many, and we are so thankful for that. All that could not have happened if it had not been uh, this congregation uh, that decided to support me and my family. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Let's stay up here for a moment. Okay. So if, if you're one of the, uh, the volunteers who are going to serve us communion, if you could go ahead and, and be preparing to do that in just a moment. We're, we're going to pray together as we take this, this bread that represents Christ's given, not just broken, but given body. And, and as I said earlier, it's not just something we receive, it's something we're a part of. Because as, as Paul talks about in many different places in his letters, 
We are God's family, but we're also Christ's body. Christ's body in the world, giving people hope, bringing people to a place where they can experience grace and forgiveness that's not our own, but it is grace and forgiveness that we share with them because God has already shared it with us. And so I want to take this moment as we take this meal together to remember that whether it's across the street or across the world, that God is at work, that we are, are being called to participate in it, and that when we gather together around this Thanksgiving table every single week, we have a choice to make, and that is, do we want to continue to be a part of what God is doing in the world? Do we want to be a part of God doing those things through us? Or have we had enough? Have we figured out a different way? Have we figured out a different path that we want to take? Or do we once again commit ourselves to following in the footsteps of Jesus? Serge, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and, and say the prayer over the bread for, for us, okay? Okay. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for uh, today. Um, I'm so grateful for uh, uh, being here. Uh, I pray for your presence among our lives, for uh, the church, for the people who are serving uh, in the mi- missions uh, field around the world. Uh, God, I pray that uh, this time when we are gathering at the table, we are reminded of uh, your great sacrifice um, for us. I pray that uh, uh, moments like this, uh, we pray for, each, uh, for, for one another. Um, I pray that uh, uh, we, we are energized um, by moments like this, and we are all uh, working together to uh, glorify your name even more. It's in the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Would you pray with me? God, as we continue to gather around this table of, of gratitude and generosity, we pray that you would help us to be shaped by those two forces in our lives, that you would help remind us this morning of all that we have to be grateful for, thankful for. We pray that you would use those those thoughts and memories, those emotions, to turn us into people who want to give ourselves away in the same spirit, the same, the same heart that Jesus gave and gives his life away. We thank you for his example. We pray that you would help us to have the courage to let that example be our guide. It's in his name we pray. Amen. So we are now at that time in our service where we're going to ask you to go ahead and participate in our Harvest Sunday offering. So you should have a card either on your chair or on a chair close to you. You'll see that the top portion of the card is for you to to remember and and to be able to have an ongoing reminder of the the decision that you're making uh, today. And not just today. Harvest Sunday is a really important day in the life of this church. But Harvest Sunday is also a, a season. It's a time where we're asking all of us to be thinking about next year, 
to think about the ways we want to give financially and sacrificially to what God's doing through this church and through all of the various missionaries that we're, we're partnering with. But it's also a time to think about how you're going to commit to pray. Uh, to think about maybe is this the, the year that you want to participate on a, a short-term mission trip in many of the various locations that our, our missionaries are working. People go every year to be there, to support them, to see what, what God is doing. Uh, and I can tell you as someone who grew up going to church with my parents, my dad was, was a preacher, some of my, my most important memories with my parents were made on short-term mission trips. Uh, where we got outside of our routine, we got outside of, of the way that we normally related to one another, and we were there together serving alongside of one another, getting to witness the powerful things that God was doing. And so maybe for your family, uh, maybe for, for a friend, uh, this is going to be a year where you're going to go together with somebody to see what God is doing on mission. Uh, maybe you've done that before and you'd like to lead a trip somewhere. Maybe it's somewhere we haven't gone before as a church. Whatever it is, we want you to be thinking about making a formal commitment to pray, uh, to go or to lead, and in a, in a moment here to give. So uh, w- let's talk about giving financially. Uh, we have this pledge card. Uh, we're going to ask you to fill it out. We always use a million dollars as the example uh, as a little bit of a joke, but I'll, I'll make a different joke if somebody actually gives a million dollars this way. So we'll, we'll change up the presentation when that happens. But um, you can pick any interval of how you're planning to give going into next year. You could do a, a weekly pledge. You could do a monthly pledge. Um, you could choose to, to give in, in any interval that's, that's best for your budget, right? And so you can choose that and fill that in. Um, but I want to give you just a moment to do that. Uh, this is such an important opportunity we have, just as that that woman at, at my, my Thanksgiving table all those years ago, Joanne Ware, said that we, we get blessed with the opportunity to give to what God cares about. When we invest in God's mission, we're investing in God's passion. And there's a lot of things you and I could invest in. There's a lot of ways that we promise ahead of time that this is how we're going to give. We want to challenge you. The leadership of this church wants to challenge you to give, to dig deep, to give sacrificially to this. $450,000 is a lot of money, but brothers and sisters, I'm convinced we have all of that because God has shared richly with us. And he's asking us to be people who share in that same way. So in a moment, uh, we're going to pass those trays and I ask that you find a way to be a part of this. To be a part of this. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for this chance to give towards what you care about most, and that is seeking and saving the lost and broken people throughout our world. We thank you so much for the gift of new life that you have showered into our lives. We pray that we can continue to be a part of of helping new and unexpected people experience that goodness and grace every single day of our lives, God. We want to be a part of what you're doing. Bless this offering now. Bless it the way you blessed every, every moment in Scripture where people found the faith and the courage to give beyond what they were expecting to give. You, you showered blessings into their lives and through them into the lives of countless other people. We pray that you would work that miracle now on this offering as we give. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Hi, Southern Hills. First of all, as always, I just wanted to say thank you guys so much for all of your support and prayer.
prayers and love um, that we really feel like we received just all the time from you guys. We are so grateful for all the help Southern Hills has given us. Jesus said, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Southern Hills, thank you for sending out workers into the harvest. I praise God for the missional heart he has given you to send missionaries all over the world to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I want to thank you so much for allowing me to continue to work here. Lives are being changed. We're excited. I'm very, very happy to work with you. Uh, thank you for all. I love you, church. Thank you so much for all of the love and support and partnership you give to Nikki and I and our families here in Denver. Thank you, Southern Hills, for the way you encourage us. Together, we're making a huge impact in the kingdom. Agradecerles por permitirme estar trabajando en lo que más me gusta, sirviéndole al Señor. Thank you so much for all your support. Uh, because of your support, my wife and my family wander, serving Irish children in the name of Jesus. Ministry is healthy and doing well. We're very um, blessed with how God is um, working here in Wankayo and um, working on the hearts of the people. And I just wanted to tell you thank you so much for all your love, prayers, and your financial help. We really appreciate it. Every day I pray for you, for all members of Sonder Hills Church of Christ. Thank you for your care. Thank you for your support. Thank you for your visits and your prayer. We really, really appreciate it. Without you, we cannot do the work God has called us to do. And we thank and praise God for you. Fruits are amazing. Thank you so much. Without your support, we could not have done receipts. Los amamos en el Señor. Bendiciones. We just appreciate you so much, and thank you for all that you do for us. Thank you for sending out workers in all the world. May God bless you.